to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Welcome to the podcast. It's a delight to be here. I hope everybody is navigating this kind of crazy astro weather <laughs> with ease and grace. We'll talk a little bit about that as we are nearing a Mercury retrograde in Leo and a full moon lunar eclipse in just a few days. Um, this episode is really special. There are a couple of um, things that we'll go into before our interview. Um, my guest today is incredible. Um, the most exciting thing, though, is that next week on you know the monthly medicine for August, that marks a year that this podcast has been happening, a full year, y'all. And it makes me feel all the feelings, all the really good feels. Um, we started, this podcast was born, um, I think on either August 1st or July 31st, I can't remember, but it was born on a monthly medicine episode for August. So we'll see which um, what this one has in store. I like kind of can't believe that we're going back around the year again. It's extraordinary, and I just want to thank everybody for being here, and I'll thank you again next week, but I love all of you. Um, I have a very special announcement before I get to some medicine on the eclipse, on the uh, full moon, uh, and a little bit of love on Mercury retrograde, and then I'll introduce my guest. But I have a really special announcement, which is that <clears throat> the doors to my eight-week online immersive tarot course, also called Tarot for the Wild Soul, are open as of today. So I try not to advertise too much on this podcast, but I urge you, if you love what I do and you like the work that I do and you like what I talk about on this podcast, if you don't, you can just skip ahead. <laughs> but um, if you like my work, if you have wanted to learn tarot, if you have just needed a closed container with the information laid out in a way that's easy, that is insightful, that is um, concise and clear. If you have wanted to connect with a whole community of people that you can practice with, bounce things off of, feed into your education with tarot around, or if you have wanted to take the next step in your practice and you just need a little bit of support, just a little bit of grounding underneath you so that you can fly, I made this course for you. This is for you. So my course is called Tarot for the Wild Soul. It's an eight-week journey into the art of soul-centered tarot reading. And every single week, participants will be given a kind of a portal or an immersion with beautiful pre-recorded instructional videos that contain both direct address from me and knock your fucking socks off um, digitally animated card sequences that are literally going to make you die. They're unbelievable and they have been created specifically to take you kind of into the world of the card. Um, the videos are next level. Last year, um, they were good. They were packed full of information, but they were like an hour of me talking. Now they are 
beautifully woven visual narratives of me talking, flowing into all different kinds of decks, um, rider weight, semi-specific, but definitely exploring different um, decks that elevated took the cards meaning into different places. Um, there is a workbook that's split up into weeks that contain medicine on the cards, prompts, ways of thinking about things, um, all kinds of instructional, helpful, um, a code of ethics for tarot, a way of holding space, what it is to drop in, expand intuition. Um, really, there's so much more. There's bonus content um, contributed some of which by me, but there are eight unbelievable bonus content contributors. Um, there's Tatiana Taro, Sarah Godestiner, Tessa Guyberson from City Witch, Erin Aquarian, Jeff Hinshaw from Cosmic Cousins, Rash Tremble from Stay Woke Taro, uh, Anias from Mystical Mandrake Root, and Liza Fenster, um, aka Crow Mother, are all offering beautiful, um, bonus medicine, like from them specifically to support students. Um, there are Q and A's, um, there's a Facebook community and there'll also be a community on the, um, on the platform that the course is being held. I am going to say something that will probably surprise some people, but a lot of people listening to this will I promise be like, yes, absolutely. The community that developed through this course was without question one of the best parts about doing it last year. Um, there were literally friendships, connections, supportive um, relationships made that are still continuing. Um, there are lots of uh, post opportunities to work after this course. Like there are multiple different offerings that will only be available to alumni of the course. Um, and we've managed to stay so tightly knit. Very many of us, there were hundreds of people who did it last year. Um, it's just the most friendly, supportive. It was the most friendly, supportive, beautiful environment. And I'm really proud and excited to announce this, not only because the cost of the course is only 370 um sorry 397 dollars total but there's a very generous payment plan um and uh the goal like we haven't raised the price at all and really have completely reworked every single aspect based on the feedback of the first year of alumni who did it so that this year it can be just like the best it can possibly be. Um, so I'm very honored to offer it. I feel like it's the thing that I feel most proud to do. Um, it's an unbelievable joy to get to connect with so many. Um, and yeah, I'm delighted to offer it. So if you're interested, the doors will be open until September 4th or 5th. And cause I'm a bad businesswoman, I don't know. <laughs> right now off the top of my head. Pretty sure it's the fourth, but I could be wrong. I think it starts on the fifth or the sixth. Again, I get my dates confused, but if you are looking for a space holder and for a way into reading tarot through a spiral lens, reading tarot as medicine, beginning to evolve 
the definitions that you might have held as being fearful or limiting, if you want to know how to read reversals, it will all be there for you. Now, it's a self-guided course with some parts that are um, where we meet live and where we connect, obviously, in real time. But it's so you can do it anytime you want. And if you sign up, you get unlimited, eternal, infinite access to the material. So that being said, I welcome you. If it, you know, you'll hear me talk about it again, not too, too much, but um, it's open and it will be open until the first couple days of September. And it would be an honor to support and hold space for any one of you. So if you love the work I do, you will love this and you will love the people who are drawn to work on this material the same as you. And now that I've said that, um, yeah. Oh, and the last thing, there's a pretty epic trailer for the course. Um, and the enrollment information course page trailer, um, details on the payment plan, et cetera, you know, the actuality of what we cover, what will be covered, what the course is, what it isn't, is all contained. Um, if you scroll down in the show notes, um, which you will find, I promise you they're there, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or um, Pocket Casts, wherever podcasts are, we're there. Um, you will be able to be taken to that link. But honestly, if you're like, I don't get it, where are the show notes? You can just go to my website, lindsaymack.com, and it will be under um, Soul Tarot School. It will be right there. And it's just the same name as this podcast, Tara for the Wild Soul. So you can read all about it. You can make informed decisions. You can email me. You can ask questions. And um, yeah. And I, I promise you for the people who are like, I did this course or I don't want to hear you hawk your course every week. Uh, I won't. You know, I'll talk about it probably next week and maybe a little bit the week after, um, but probably not too much just as a gentle reminder that as we draw a little closer, um, in August, um, later August, I might mention it a few more times. But yeah. Thank you for listening. I feel like people can probably hear the joy and the pride in my voice. Um, the whole team, my husband who does the animation, um, and the visuals for the course, he did the trailer, um, and my, my, beloved backbone support, um, assistant and, um, amazing person all around Iris. We're just, all three of us have been working so, so hard on so many aspects of this course and we're all very excited to bring it to anyone that feels called to it. So if you know anybody who's interested in tarot, please share it. Um, and yeah, now I'm going to shut up about it. <laughs> so switching gears completely, Y'all, I am sure you have been feeling the shadow period of Mercury retrograde. It has been no joke. Um, some people feel the shadow harder than the retrograde. Uh, every retrograde is different, obviously, in whatever planet or in wherever we happen to be with that particular Mercury retrograde. Um, <clears throat> the thing to know about a Mercury retrograde period, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, is that we want to think about if Mercury's directive is to go, 
to express itself, to communicate, to move. We are looking at the ways that we've been moving. We're looking at the ways we've been speaking. We're getting, you know, my favorite analogy for this is, is an arrow getting stretched back on a bow. That tension that's created as we aim at our target, as we realign, that really is the perfect metaphor for what Mercury retrograde does if we let it do its thing. So we never really know. Um, we can connect with where the um, Mercury retrograde, what is in opposition, what are the planets that are kind of aspecting it. We don't really know until we're in it whether it's going to be kind of a crusher or whether it's going to be kind of a little bit more gentle. So we'll see. Because it's a fire retrograde, um, it's probably going to follow the energy that we've been in for a little while in that very intense but largely internal. Like even if you've experienced, as some people have during this the last week or so since Mercury um, retrograde went into its shadow period, the kind of strange behavior of some people saying things that are like, hmm, I don't know about that, or not being sure that um, we're expressing ourselves clearly, or people just literally having moments where, you know, um, we're in a fight or in a bad confrontation or somebody speaks in a way that makes us feel unsafe or like they might be a little erratic. Um, kind of all that is Mercury retrograde and Leo behavior. Because when we're in Mercury retrograde, we're essentially moving through the magician reversed. That's the magician's way of saying, cultivate, 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 um, kind of move inside, incubate all this good stuff, you know, but don't be very cautious about where you're ejecting it. Be very cautious about where you're sharing it and know that whatever you happen to be moving in, whatever you happen to be moving through, um, that it's very, very important to clear and clarify, take a breath and notice where things are being quote unquote delayed or paused so that we can get a better sense of things or um, whatever it might be. <clears throat> um, and then because it's in Leo, we have to think about the strength card. So where are we being invited to show up undefended? Where are we being invited to share our heart more fully, to step into ourselves? And where are we being, where are we being invited to essentially share our heart more? So all those are like, you know, just very simple questions to think about where Mercury retrograde and Leo might be connecting with you. Of course, you can always see where it is in your chart. The other thing that's really important here is um, our full moon lunar eclipse in Aquarius that is coming up a day after we go into our retrograde. Um, all about the collective healing all about humanitarian, all about healing personally that extends outward. The reason that the star is so powerful, ruled by Aquarius, one of the reasons is that we heal in the star so that we can meet the judgment card in three cards, so that we can meet Pluto. We heal in the star so that we can be um, prepared 
and aligned and aware to think about how are we believing our thoughts? How are we engaging with our thoughts? How are we engaging with generations, with people around us? And how are we thinking about what information our judgments might be bringing? So this, you know, full moons are always massive opportunities to see clearly, to bring something down and through. So when we have a Mercury retrograde in Leo, and then we move into a full moon lunar eclipse, essentially what we're doing is giving birth and kind of um, conceiving. It's an inner birth. It's an inner harvest. And the harvest we have a little nine of pentacles feel to it where it's kind of ours before we share it. So we're just getting clear. And again, um, whenever we talk about, you know, anything ruling or being ruled by Aquarius, we think of the star. We can also think of Uranus because Uranus is the ruling planet of Aquarius and what you rules, what is ruled by Uranus, but the fool. So that's another thing, too, is like thinking about our freedom, who we are, our individuality, how we want to express ourselves. You know, Aquarius expresses itself in a way that it must and in doing so becomes a channel for the collective, is able to take on so many different um, identities and is able to fully show up in whatever they are in at that moment. And then letting it go when it's ready to go. So for us, this is a very strong time of review, of clarification, of pausing, of massive attention to gentleness, and of uh, clarification so that once we are ready to take that big leap forward, we can do so. But there's a lot of work, a lot of uncovering work happening around us deeply seeing, getting clarity into who we are beyond all the story, beyond who we wish we were, just deep, deep power there. And depending on where that hits your chart, you might be feeling that more or less. So yeah, really, really potent. <clears throat> so I am so excited for this guest. I love this woman and have loved her for a while. My guest today on the podcast is the absolutely wonderful Jordan Catherine Pagan of Ostara Apothecary. Um, I'm going to read her bio and then we can chat a little bit about what we talked about and how I know her. So Jordan Catherine Pagan is the healer and medicine maker of Ostara Apothecary based in Brooklyn, New York. Jordan creates plant and stone medicine to heal on multidimensional levels, drawing on her Yaki heritage and connection with the natural world. She also practices pranayama breathwork, Reiki, 13th octave, Lahochi, and tarot as tools for soul's transformation. A follower of the flowers, she finds a way to incorporate them into every one of her sessions using fresh flowers and her own handcrafted flower essences. Jordan leads monthly breathwork healing circles and herbal medicine classes around NYC and maintains a private practice. So Jordan's 
um, presence has been known to me for a while. Um, I've known her to be an absolutely phenomenal healer, tarot reader. Our conversation was just beautiful. But the thing that is so um, unique and powerful and one of the most shining gifts that Jordan possesses are her essences. So she makes some tarot essences that will blow your mind open. And we're going to have a link to where you can purchase them uh, in the, in the show notes. And, um, oh my God, just, I was lucky enough to be gifted some by Jordan and they were extraordinary. Um, and I highly recommend literally anything that she makes, but yeah, she's just such a beautiful person. And she really showed up with such an open, beautiful heart. Um, and we were so lucky to be able to talk about, um, her blood lineage and her, coming back home to that deep sense of ancestral heritage, um, a wonderful story of that connection happening for her in Sedona, which is the land that her ancestors um, lived on, were indigenous to, and um, so much about her experience coming into her gifts, sharing her beautiful thoughts about Empress, it was just such a rich episode, and I was so grateful to be able to have her on. Um, and I hope you love it. I know that you will. So without further ado, thank you all of you for listening to this very lengthy intro. Happy, easy, breezy, I hope, <laughs> Mercury retrograde. The last one was not pretty, so we'll see how this one is. Um, blessed be to everyone listening to this Oh, my Alexa heard us um, for the eclipses and be well until next time. And until then, enjoy my conversation with Jordan. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations in tarot medicine for your highest evolution. I have with me today as my guest, Jordan Pagan, the founder of Ostara Apothecary. Hi. <laughs> this is a take two. We had to stop for my stupid microphone. So we had a very juicy greeting a moment yeah. before. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, lost to the winds of time. I constantly have to do that with this. But yeah, Jordan, um, it's a, such a joy to have you here, as I was saying before, because I feel like I've been waiting like three years to meet you. And now here Same. you are. Yeah. I know we have like... 40 friends in common. We have and I don't even think I'm exaggerating. No, we have 40 friends in yeah. common. You're an amazing reader that I've been hearing about for literally years. And Thank here, you. here you are, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's always so nice to like connect and enrich community reader on reader. Yeah. Like, it feels always so special. But um, as I'm going to talk about, as I spoke about in the intro, Jordan is an intuitive tarot reader. She's an herbalist. She's a medicine maker. And she does everything, all of kind of the magic that you do so much more than that. But you mm -hmm. create all of your magic from your baby, Ostar Apothecary. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to find ways where I can incorporate it all together whenever possible mm. um, and just letting that unfold naturally. And so... You know, I have a line in my apothecary that is tarot-inspired medicines, and talks about it. Yeah, yeah. And when I find you know unique ways to to marry these passions and these practices, that I do it just feels so special. 
Mm. And um, I hope to continue exploring that. That's beautiful. And I'm sure it will only continue to Mm. evolve with you as you go. So I kind of want to start with Ostara, which is, as I know it, spring and really special word in kind of healing. And I would love to know everything you do and kind of everything you are, like you're in my home in this beautiful flower shawl and like (laughs) um, you showed up and like I was telling you like this beautiful like hat and this beautiful outfit, like something about the way that you are dressed reminds me of spring. Like, it's just oh. <laughs> really pretty. And I'm curious, has that word, what was the inspiration for having that word be a part of what you do? Well, um, about two years ago, I knew that I had to take my healing practice, like, full time and, like, mm. make that my priority. Um, I had been working in the nonprofit sector for 10 years. And so, you know, I took baby steps, like, um, you know, I, securing a website and things like that. But it of course, I had to think of something to call myself. And mm-hmm. it didn't feel like, you know, a lot of healers just use their name. But I really, um, I don't know, I just really wanted to find this beautiful word to call my apothecary, because that is the basis of my work as an herbalist. And mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time in meditation. And one time I heard the word Ostara. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And, yeah. um, and then I kept hearing it. And I then I was mm. like, well, this is weird, because, you know, I had always been very connected with, um, you know, um, like, the, like, the will of the year and like pagan and, and, and Norse and Celtic healing, because um, that is part of my mother's lineage. Mm. Um, but then I had this thought, like, who am I to call myself after a goddess, you know? Mm. And, you know, it was all very, you know, self-worth. And it just did not feel right. But I, it just this name did not go away. And mm. so I just went with it. And um, then it just became very natural and second nature. And about a year later, um, I was in Sedona with my father on my birthday um, because that's where my father lives. And so we went... Um, hiking in the uh, vortexes and everything like that. And um, then we spent some time in Tumacockery, which is um, a national forest south of Tucson where um, our ancestors are from. Mm -hmm. And I learned that, so our ancestors are the Yaqui people and um, indigenous tribe. And I learned that they worshiped flowers. And I just like, it was like a mic drop moment or something like that. And so they believed that flowers are your healers and your protectors and rewards for a life well lived. And like, I just like, I'm getting chills now talking about it because like flowers are in my DNA. I've always been really attracted to flowers, like way more than thinking they're pretty, you know? Um, Like I, I felt like, I'm I have a religious experience with flowers and like this all came together. And um, and so the thing about the Yaqui people is um, the Jesuit missionaries came into that area, southern Arizona in the 1600s and built a mission. And of course, they tried to convert the indigenous people around them. And, you know, historically, that never went very well. But 
in this case, um, the Yaqui and the other indigenous tribes in this area, they just kind of rolled with it. Mm -hmm. And they found ways to um, incorporate this new religion into their old religion. And so in this, there is a um, there is a cathedral called uh, Mission San Xavier de Bac. Okay. And um, so, you know, it's a cathedral built in the style of like Roman Catholicism, you know, but all of the co colors are Native American and that oh. there are flowers on the ceiling where heaven is. And um, that's really when I knew like this was what it was meant to be. And also, you know, Ostara is the goddess of spring, yeah. um, which is all about um, healing and growth and renewal, which is what I want to do in my practice. It's what I want to do in my work. And, um, you know, flowers are the ultimate healers, I think, um, because they are so beautiful um, and they attract people to the medicine that they hold inside and just being around them is very healing and uplifting in and of itself. Yeah. And um, so I just immerse myself in this flower world as much as possible and work with it as much as possible. Wow. Yeah. That's an exquisite story. And I feel I'm sure I speak for everyone listening, very honored to know about your lineage because that's, it's beautiful. <laughs> like, thank you. And so inspiring and affirming just to once again be reminded. And I think it's an important thing with any mm. healer, anyone listening to this, like to allow your bloodline and your ancestry to guide you yeah. to your gifts. And even if you don't know it, even if you don't have the privilege of knowing, or even if you aren't aware or that so much can bloom out of, cause you didn't even know you were just listening and considering the and then they proved yeah. it to you. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like excited. I thought that I was going to cut you off. No. Share with me if you would, how your journey with tarot began. Okay. So it began uh, four years ago. Um, okay, so let me back up. So in 2007, I um, had this experience that left me with PTSD. Mm. And um, I eventually, about three years after that, I found um, a therapist that practiced EMDR. And, um, you know, I worked with her for several years and it really was effective. And then, you know, we had this relationship um, and so when I moved to New York, I be began doing phone sessions with her mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she is also very in tune with the spiritual world. She's a Reiki master. She's the, the strongest, clearest channel for the angels that I have ever encountered. Oh, your therapist? Yeah. Yeah. So oh like, God, I amazing. didn't, yeah. And I didn't go to her for that because of, yeah. at the time, you know, I was partying a lot and like, I was very skeptical and depressed and you know, in a very low place. And if I, if she had been presented to me in that way, I would have been like, fuck no. So, but, and even EMDR, I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and it just kind of unfolded naturally and she could see that I was ready for that. And so, mm -hmm. and, you know, as her practice grew from more, um, of a clinical to more of the spiritual and holistic healer as well as we worked together. So, um, all that to say is um, I was having a phone session with her four years ago um, and she casually mentioned that she had pulled the eight of swords in the background. And I was like, what? 
what is that? And she's like, oh, it's just the tarot, like totally casually. And um, and I I just like did not know what to say. And like I had no idea that the tarot could be used in that way. Like we weren't doing a tarot reading. She was just using it to get more information in her work. And I like I just felt like this light bulb or like this opening in my consciousness. Like there is there is a way to access so much information out there that I want to know about. And she's like, well, you should get a deck and just study. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And um, I bought the Rider Waite because I didn't know anything. Um, I had no, I was not really part of the, like the healer spiritual community or world at all. Like I was, and so I was like Googling, you know? And so I got my deck and I started reading and um, I bought a couple of books, which I didn't really resonate, but you know, you just have to start working with the cards and pulling cards every day. And then um, about a year later, I took a class with Carolyn Atchis at Maha Rose. Love her. Oh, I know. She is the best teacher that I have ever had. And I just Aww. love, I love her just grounded, realistic approach to the tarot. And, you know, the way, so she taught, the class was called Tarot Elementals, approaching um, the deck from, you know, earth, air, f- uh, fire, and water. Mm. And, you know, it just really came at a point where I was ready to, um, have a teacher yeah. and and learn and it just really resonated with me mm-hmm. and then you know a few months after that I started you know reading professionally nice. <laughs> and um, so and then it's just taken off from there and so I do a lot of events um, I do a weekly residency um, giving many readings at known to man um, and I do private readings as well it's amazing yeah and so it was basically a year where you got this deck, yeah. dedicated yourself to yeah. studying, started to receive teacher. Mm-hmm. And was it shortly after Carolyn's course or class that you were like, I have enough now to shift this over to reading with other people? Yeah, because I at that time, you know, I was still working at my nonprofit job and I was talking about it with my friends and they're like, "Will you read for me. And I was like, really? kind of I was afraid because I wanted to I wanted it to be good and I I didn't want I wanted people to have a good experience but and I think that's normal you know (laughs) like your first time professionally reading there's always going to be some sort of nerves but um it just really felt really right and special and it you know it's just baby steps like little by little Mm -hmm. just giving readings and um also talking about it um on instagram and Mm -hmm. um instagram has really been a beautiful tool of connection connecting with other tarot readers around the world and reading and seeing their perspective the cards and um it's just such a wonderful community and um you know there are so many people that of course i've never met but it doesn't even matter because we're all interested in this very special thing and this special language that we have yeah yeah it's so special Mm -hmm. so where was the first place you started reading was it known to man or was it no um in my apartment (laughs) oh love it yeah yeah so my amazing so you went right to like home base reading yeah yeah I did not have a space at that time I'm into it um and so my friends um came over she paid me 40 bucks um you know like it was totally fine because I was like I'm still learning like I don't want to you know and then um you know 
maybe a couple of months after that, Minka Brooklyn opened and I had met Aki at Carolyn's class at Maha Rose the year before. And I was like, I know her. And so I reached out to her. Sure. Yeah. And um, that's how I came to be at Minka Brooklyn. And then um, I started offering readings there. Love it. Yeah. So you do known to man, you do Minka. Yeah. You still work out of your home at all? No, not really. I mean, I do yeah. do Skype and email readings, um, yeah. but people don't come to my home. I mean, they can. It just, um, you know, I live in a part of the city which is a little bit further than people want to travel. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's mostly at Minka. Um, nice. And I have been reading it known to man for only a few months. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What were the books or pieces of literature, if at all, that you found kind of in your repertoire the most helpful? Um, not really any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I did not know what to do. And so, like, I, I, yeah. like, I bought one book, but it was very clearly, like, written in the 70s. Yeah. And I just did not resonate with it at all. And, like, the meanings of the cards were very... I just couldn't grab grasp them like mm-hmm. they were just worded in like this really weird way. And so what actually helped me a lot was um, the Internet. So there's a site called learntarot.com, which is such nice. a beautiful resource. Like it's a very simple website. Um, I think it was made in like 1997, but mm-hmm. it, you know. It has um, meanings for all of the cards and spreads. And then um, there's another site called Truly Teach Me Tarot, which is clearly a labor of love. And um, so those really helped me a lot, too. That's great. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love hearing two different online resources Mm -hmm. that aren't with with all due respect to her Biddy Tarot, because usually people just roll with Biddy. Yeah, I I came across Biddy, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I love those two resources. Yeah. I'm so excited to share them with people in this interview. I love it. Yeah. What was your journey to leaving your job and leaping oh. into this full time? Like, was there a moment? I think you shared this with me. Was it that you got laid off? Oh, no, that was um, a few years ago. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was, was like a while ago. Job. That's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah. So I was working um, in a museum in New York City, and that was my dream job. And so I um, but it was really stressful, like day one. And like I felt like I couldn't breathe. And um, Mm. yeah, and that's actually how I found breathwork um, is because I found like I saw some where I think it was on Maha's site, you know, about one of Aaron Telford's circles. And I went and it just so happened that her teacher, David, was going to be in town the following month to do his healer training and I signed up but um I did not and even that at that point you know had been Reiki attuned I was doing all these healing trainings it was really for the intention of just healing myself and working with it and I really thought that there was a way that I could continue living this old dream that I had that this dream that I had spent so many years trying to make happen and it was finally happening um I was I thought that I could just continue in that world and be in like this other expanded world of, you know, spirituality and healing. And, um, they don't really mix. I mean, Mm -hmm. at least for me, it didn't like, I don't want to speak for everybody, but it was really hard, you know, to go from like one, like one extreme to another. And so about two years later, like I knew that it was coming, you know, I had started really getting serious about my, um, 
my herbal medicine and my work in, in tarot and I was doing all these things. And I had a tattoo, a soul tattoo session with Ashley Glenn. And at that time she was still, still doing the animal medicine card reading. Cool. And it was very powerful. And then I was like, you know, this actually aligns with, um, because I had also done a year head spread for myself. Nice. And I told her that um, in March, my card was the queen of swords. Into it. And then I was like, and I was telling her like, oh, the queen of swords comes for me all the time. Mm. And I feel very special relationship with her, which I want to talk about later. I do too. But um, she's like, you know, I think that means that that's your time to say, you know what, I'm done with this job. I'm out. And I was like, no, I was like, no, I'm not ready. Like, that's not true. And I, and I got a little secretly annoyed, <laughs> you know, like, cause I, you know, it, it, it pushed my button, you know, mm -hmm. and I it wasn't something that I had wanted to face. Like I knew that I had wanted to leave, mm -hmm. but of course I was waiting for the right time and to make, you know, all the circumstances to be right before I made that leap. And of course that's never going to happen. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, her insight, you know, on her perspective on the cards on the reading that I had done for myself really, um, prompted me to think about it in a different way. And I went home and thought about it and I was like, she's right. Ugh, wow. Like, damn it. I'm not ready to do this because it was it was scary. I had no savings. I had no like safety net. I had nothing like I was living pay to, paycheck to paycheck. And when I did quit, I didn't even give my two weeks, which I know I felt kind of bad about that. But they also had whatever. I know like they did not treat me very well because mm -hmm. and if because if they had, I would have stayed, you know. Mm -hmm. And so and I, and I know that's part of the process to push me to wanting to leave. And, you know, I was like, I'm out. And that's exactly what the Queen of Swords is like. She's like, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm not putting up with this any longer or, you know, whatever it is. She's just very direct and, yeah. and decisive. And um, so I quit and um, it was just like a hard stop. And then I just started being like, OK, I'm I'm here. I have my products. Um, I'm doing my breathwork circles every month. I'm open to teaching classes and it unfolded or organically. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, of course, it was very scary and very difficult for several months because I had to work with my money issues and scarcity. And in April, Luke Simon was doing his abundance club, which, you know, the, the phone um, support group, which was such a beautiful experience. But it was also very difficult for me because like all of this like paralyzing fear was brought up to the surface and I had to face it. And it took me the better part of 2017 to work through it. Uh -huh. But it had to happen. Yeah. You know, and so it was just coming, you know, leaving my job before I was ready. I had just realized that you're never going to feel ready to make those leaps. And like, that's the whole point. It's like the fool, like he is going to he's about to jump off the cliff and he just knows that the universe is going to catch him. And he doesn't care that, you know, what he's going to do seems crazy mm -hmm. or um, dangerous to anybody else because he knows what's in his heart. And so I was really inspired by that as well. But, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> falling <laughs> or, or like being being willing to fall, you mm -hmm. know, because like when you jump off of something, even though you know that something is going to catch you, you still have to fall a little bit. And that's yeah. so scary. Like, I don't know so if you've scary. ever done a zip line. 
but it's like I sure have and it's oh it's terrible that's what it was yeah Yeah. it's the scariest Mm -hmm. people like don't I feel like give enough credence to the terror that it is to leave your job to do this I thought I was gonna pass out yeah even though like everything in my body was like rejecting this job and it was making me sick like I don't think the job was making me sick but like being in a space doing what I was doing was like my body was just rejecting it and knowing all of that it was still terrifying and I really thought I was going to pass out even though I knew I was making the right decision yeah it's so scary and that's so beautiful of you to say that like even though you know it's right Mm -hmm. it like still brings up all the things it's so intense and it's deep yeah what are some other cards that are soul cards for you that mean so much to you and that Mm -hmm. you feel like a special kinship with well, the Queen of Swords. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Queen of Swords has been coming up for me. It She doesn't come quite so much for me anymore, but she came up for me consistently for like a year and a half. Wow. And, you know, there is um, a line of thought around the Queen of Swords where, like, you will read that she represents like a divorced woman or something like that. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, that's. Like, I did not resonate with, and I don't, I didn't appreciate seeing that. And I was like, but like, that's not me, you know? And um, what it really, she really taught me, because, you know, whenever a king or a queen comes up, it means that their energy has meaning for you at that time and you're meant to embody them. And um, I was like, how do I embody her? Um, You know, she is very direct and forthright. And she has this air of like, She's seen it all and she's going to tell you like it is because she loves you, but she's not going to sugarcoat things. And I actually am very much like that. You know, um, I'm a Capricorn. I was just going to say Capricorn. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm also Aquarius rising. So like I am uh, leadership comes naturally to me. And I also am very good at like seeing the big picture and being like, all right, this is what we need to do. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what you need to do. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very direct and I don't sugarcoat and you know, some people don't like that. And so it always made me feel like I was doing something wrong. And, you know, and it, it had, it made me consider the ways I was communicating because I could definitely be softer, you know, and, and, you know, it's not because I was trying to be rude. It's just because I, we had a job to do and like, I didn't have time to play around, but like people, other people aren't like that. And so it really um, made me look at my communication style in another way. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working on it, you know, and um, because I I don't have time to <laughs> to play around, you know, like no, when th- when we do need not. to do when we need to do something, let's just do it. Yeah. Like, you know, the, I'm very decisive. And so like it just really made me consider um, how I can embody this part of myself that I do like, but in a more heart-centered way, you know, Mm. speak from the heart to other people's hearts. And, um, you know, so she pops up for me more so when like I'm shuffling, I can see her or like I'll turn over the deck and she's there. So like Mm. whenever I see her, I know that I am seen, you know, and I I feel very, and, um, so my deck is the Morgan Greer deck. I was going to ask you, did you shift your deck? So there you go. Yes. And so, you know, that deck, I don't know if you have it, but, you know, she is like this dark hair, which I have dark hair. And then she's surrounded by roses. And so I'm like, <gasps> I, to you. Like, yeah, that's me, you know, yes. or who I want to be. And um, yeah, so she's very special to me. Um, 
Another one is the Eight of Swords mm -hmm. because that is really that, that card, card that started, that, that started it all. Um, and whenever I see that in other people's readings, I actually get very excited for them because there's an opportunity. Like mm -hmm. you can free yourself and yes. you have all the tools. Like, you know, you don't need to focus on the misery because you have eight swords behind you, all the tools that you need to free yourself and like bust out. Like, like, um, and actually I think it's really beautiful with the wild unknown deck. Um, the picture is, um, a monarch butterfly about to burst out of the, uh, cocoon. You know, and I just love that imagery because it's the start of everything. Yeah. Um, so those two are very special. I always love the Ten of Cups and yeah, I mean, that's my phone background and also the Three of Cups, you know, yeah. um, those that has popped up during and it, that for me has acted like a like a foreshadowing of something really special. Mm. And so and that doesn't pop up for me very often, but when it, I see it, I know that something like really beautiful is going to happen. Um, and of course I love the Empress and the High Priestess, like everybody, mm. um, you know, but I, I think that the more difficult cards have the most um, opportunities and areas of growth for you. Totally. And speaking of high priestess, as you know, we're mm. in a high priestess year. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'd love to know. I love hearing readers' thoughts on that. Like, how has this year been feeling for you mm. in terms of it being a high priestess year? That is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the high priestess is all about accessing your inner wisdom that. Um, and that ancient inner wisdom and mm. really being still and taking a step back. And even though you may not be doing much on the outside, it doesn't mean that, you know, there's nothing happening on the inside, mm. quite the contrary. And so um, I've really had to, you know, we're in Fe like beginning of February, I've had to really go into that, you know, um, yeah. you know, in the month of January, I've had a lot of success and it's been so beautiful but it's also brought up um self-worth which I in ways that I did not expect you know mm. and so I've had to really go in and um you know find that within myself like I am this is okay for me to be doing this or like I deserve you know the success and it doesn't matter what other people think you know all that stuff that actually it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> saying that out loud because um, you know, you don't want to sound arrogant, but it's all about diving deep and remembering who you are and remembering what you know. And my teacher says that to me all the time. She's like, you know, so much more than you think, you know, and you have lifetimes upon lifetimes of ancient knowledge. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. But like, I literally do not know how to access that. Mm. And it's really just a matter of being like, all right, like yeah. I, Let's come up, let it come up naturally. And sometimes it really has to come up from a very, very deep place and it's going to take a while, but it does come. Mm. And so I guess that's how so far that it has come up for me. And but I'm really excited to see where um, I'll be in December. I know. Me where too. we all will. Where we all will be. Yeah. There's been some very, I know that you've probably observed your own version of this or that or something similar as a reader like the patterning 
of the collective invitation has been quite parallel. Oh, uh, yes. There's like so much going on with the body, Mm -hmm. everyone's physical body. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on with like, um, well, also, you know, that this is a justice slash strength year as well, because it's an 11 year. Mm -hmm. So depending on how you roll with that. Yeah. But um, it's been interesting because justice is, I, I tend to look at that as 11, but some people feel really differently about that too. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have many feelings about justice, but um, many understandings of it. But one of the most powerful to me is just like life. It's like trying to start a car engine. You just can't. Like just things being done so yeah. intensely and yeah, so yeah. brutally uh-huh. and so like unmistakably. That's also very Saturn and Capricorn as well. Huge. So I've just like I feel like that has come full circle in yeah. 2018. Now the answers are just so much clearer. Yeah. Than they were before to me. Yeah. I, I feel. Yeah. And there are no more like hanging threads nope. or anything. It's like <laughs> it's just done. Yeah. And you have to get with the program and roll with a new reality. Yeah. And I appreciate that, actually. Me, too. I'm like, at least tell me. I'll yeah. Happy to roll with anything. Yeah. As long as I know. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I love hearing about this. Um, I kind of want to take a gentle shift mm-hmm. into your herbalism. Yeah. Yeah. Because you gifted me so generously oh. some of your tinctures, mm-hmm. one of them being Four of Swords yeah. that I literally cannot wait to try tonight <laughs> for sleep, and one of them being the moon for... Yeah. Um, moon cycle cramps Mm -hmm. and kind of nourishment during your cycle yeah and you also gifted me heart of venus and you have this beautiful like tarot line Mm -hmm. tarot herbalism line and i i really want to start with you know you literally come from the flowers so that's a given but when did you discover herbalism like when did you discover potion making and medicine making consciously it was three years ago in sedona that fateful magical trip it's you a really know. important yeah. place for me to yeah. I have no no kind of lineage. My Chiron line runs through it. Oh, that's really cool. It's really I love Sedona. It's yeah. for a completely different reason, but continue. Um so you know, oh. I had always been really attracted to flowers and um, you know, anything herbal. Um, but I always kind of viewed it as a hobby, you know, mm. like I don't know. <laughs> and um so I was in one of the vortexes with my father just hiking on my birthday and you know there are juniper trees just lining the trails and you know there was this one juniper tree that stood out to me above all the rest and I like made a beeline for it and I was like dad I need all of these berries he's like help me and he's like uh okay (laughs) he's like you know totally indulging me and I had no idea like what I was going to do with them like Mm -hmm. you know um and I just like filled my pockets with them. And um, after that, I just was like, you know what, this is what I need to do. And then actually a few months before that, I had taken um, a magical herbalism class with um, Ro Giuliano. Oh, of the best. Yeah, Greenpoint. I think it's Dreamers and Diviners mm-hmm. now. Um, and that was more working with the herbs in a magical way, you know, um, mm-hmm you know, putting them on your altar and using them to create magic, which I really liked. But I was like, you know, I need to start working with them. And it was all like just this culmination. And then I started just studying. And um, so my very first medicines, I made them at the same time was strength, which Mm -hmm. is my um, 
elixir. It's a tincture for uh, stress and anxiety. And it also does help a lot with PTSD symptoms. Um, and I actually have one client who she that like that's her medicine that she uses. And um, and beautiful. then I also have moon, which I made to help with painful moon cycles. Mm -hmm. um, but I, at the time, I did not know that I was going to call them those things. I was just like, I have these two two issues that I wanted to treat myself. And I did not know what to call them for the longest time. And then, um, you know, I was looking at my deck and I was like, oh, like of this course. is just such a, a beautiful alignment. And the more I studied about the medicine and the medicine of the cards, the more perfect that they seem to be. Mm. And um, so, you know, moon is for painful cramps. But it's also really helpful for any moon cycle because when it's a full moon or an eclipse, like you feel kind of ungrounded All and crazy. The and it's things. yeah. And so like it's very helpful in that way too. And also men didn't take it, you know. Everybody has cramps and um yeah. everybody needs grounding and um nourishment and comfort. And um, you know, I then I made you know, all these things happen organically. I, it's not like where I see a card and I'm like, I'm going to make medicine. Mm -hmm. It's more like the plants tell me what I want, that need, what needs to, the plants tell me what I need to do with them. That's so and so with four swords, like, again, like I was like, I need something to sleep. Like what, where's the, where's the parallel in that? And of course, four swords is about not being able to turn your mind off or, you know, and you need to go in and rest and just mm -hmm. like be in that stillness for, you know, nourishment. And, um, then I have the high priestess oil, which is, um, it's a mugwort oil with lapis lazuli. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to order this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that one's really special and mugwort grows abundantly in Brooklyn. Yeah, so, um, does. you know, I try and use everything locally sourced whenever possible and you would think that in new york city that is not really that possible but it totally is like Everywhere. medicine literally grows through the sidewalks yeah like you can just step out onto your street and find something you just have to know what to look for you know yeah. dandelions are medicine cherry blossoms are in the spring i have a really beautiful essence that i make with cherry blossoms same with magnolia um you can find elderberries in prospect park mm -hmm. mugwort linden like um, and so I really became an herbalist in a conscious way in New York City, which seems like the most unlikely place. Mm. But it's been the most beautiful thing because I really had to work with it and really had to strengthen and develop my relationship with the plants in a way that I had never, ever considered. And, you know, they just appear to me now. It's incredible. Like such a mark of a true like somebody who has like deep soul lineage with mm -hmm. herbalism. Like I've really noticed that. Like I think it's mm -hmm. like herbs and uh, herbs and medicine making are for everyone. Yeah. But I really feel like, like I, I mean, I've said this many times, like I never came through with that gift. Like I can walk through a forest and be like, Oh, what's that? And, like, no, it takes me forever. It's just yeah. like not part of my destiny in this lifetime. And I love hearing other people talk about it because it's mm -hmm. such a beautiful language that um, at least at this point in my life has never really spoken to me. And so I love hearing people just speak <laughs> so um, fluently in the language of what it is to 
have plants and herbs tap on their shoulder and like actually turn around and have a conversation with them, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, like medicine is for or herbal medicine is for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think they're, I think they do come to people in all sorts of ways that you may not be aware of but it's just a matter of connecting with them because plants have consciousness just yeah. like anything else and they are so special and um mm -hmm. as long as you are willing and open they're gonna come that's beautiful they do just never to make anything with them not not yeah. yet yeah so i love hearing you share about your experience of being called especially here because like there's such beauty in that too, like clearly meant to make medicine for the people who live here mm -hmm. in a way that like actually can get in there, yeah. you know, with yeah. the hardiness that the plants grow here with. That grit. It does yeah. have a special kind of energy. But also like my, so my ancestors, the Yankee people, they lived in the desert and they had to find abundance in the desert. And mm. so, yeah, it's just no matter where you are, you can, you can make something with it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So what do you have coming up, if anything, that people, well, I'm going to ask where people can find you in a yeah. moment, but um, is there anything else you'd like to share before I ask you about that? I actually have um, a bunch of medicines that I want to Ooh. create or are already in the works. And so um, the next actually tarot medicine that has come to, through for me is sun. <gasps> can you share about it yeah. a little bit? So okay. it's going to be... Um, so the way that I make my medicines is there's, um, you know, it's a plant extraction using a tincture, but I also um, marry them with gem essences. And so it treats the not only the physical body, but the vibrational body to be as well-rounded, multifaceted as possible, you know, because so much of medicine can treat, you know, only the body or only the yeah. um you know, the vibrational. Um, so that one is going to be a tincture of St. John's wort. There's going to be a calendula infusion. Um, there was something else that's been whispering in my consciousness, but it's eluding me right now. But it, then it's going to have, oh, it's going to have um, a sunflower. Oh, my God. Flower essence. And I think sunstone. I mean. Yeah. And, oh, the other thing is Eleuthero is what I want to put in. So a Siberian <gasps> ginseng. And so, you know, this essence is really to help you access your vitality um, inside and out in th that radiance that you have. Mm. Um, so that is in development right now. Um, what else? Oh, and then there's something. So I also have like a goddess line, which Heart of Venus is part of that, you know, mm. Um so those roses actually presented to themselves to me um, the day that Venus went direct this past summer. Um, so, and I have an elixir called Elixir of the Goddess. Um, and I actually have a little in my bag if you want to try. I would love to try. Um, so the next one is going to be called Nectar of the Goddess. And that came to me after a very deep and powerful um, meditation light work session that I was doing. Um, and it's going to have blue lotus and linden and rose and tulsi and oh. um you're gonna like nettle. sell out of your whole line <laughs> yeah this goes up and that one is gonna be really sweet um i don't think that one is gonna have any alcohol um mm. and i you know because it's 
going to be nectar. So I think I'm going to really make that more of a honey or glycerin base. And so those are the few ones that I have in development right now. Also, um, I'm making a Palo Santo oil and I don't really know what that is going to become yet, but um, I'm excited to see how that wants to be presented in the world. Um, because, you know, with the high priestess oil, I made a mugwort oil and I did not know what I was going to do with it until mm. it, until it was time, you know? So, so beautiful. Let the plants talk to me. Yeah. And where can people book with you or can people find you? Um, so my website is ostaraapothecary.com. Mm -hmm. Um, you can read about um, my experience and all of the healing modalities that I offer in book. Um, I also work out of Minka Brooklyn, um, and you can see my practitioner page at minkabrooklyn.com slash Jordan. And then I am on Instagram <laughs> uh, at ostara.apothecary. Amazing. This has been so beautiful to have you. Oh, I hope you. that you'll come back. Yeah, I would love to. You're such a bright light. It's been oh, such a gift you. to have you. And um, all the stuff about where you can find Jordan, book with her, purchase her medicines, enjoy her channeled offerings online or wherever you may want to access her will all be on the liner notes of the podcast. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you.